Good morning. So today, continue through Matthew 5 and our Kingdom Culture series. And this is a week in our third Beatitude. Jesus in the Beatitudes, he actually, he turns the world right side up again. And he illustrates how to live with a Kingdom perspective. Um, the message delivered 2,000 years ago is still so confronting today because um, it, is, it paints a picture of the exact um, opposite of the way that our world works and the way that we are expected to live in it. Um, the Beatitudes are completely countercultural. They connect with our very own human nature, um, each relating to each other. And they actually give us a full picture of the character and nature of our God. Jesus paints a picture of himself with the Beatitudes. He embodies each of these traits and characteristics. And he names and shows, he names and he shows his people that um, these Beatitudes should actually be, become part of our DNA. Um, they should be recognizable traits um, that define who we are and who we follow and how we live and participate in his kingdom. Um, but we can't produce these traits by ourselves. Um, it is through knowing Jesus, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through his word at work in our lives that we are transformed to become more like Jesus. Um, and therefore, we embody the Beatitudes. We cannot do this alone. It's completely against our human nature. It's just not part of our makeup. The, the Beatitudes paint a picture of Jesus and who he is and who we can become through him. Um, and this week, we're tackling the third Beatitude. So, so far, we have done, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven, which highlighted poor in spirit as, um, as those that recognize their need dependence on God. Jesus himself totally um, illustrated complete reliance on his father. And then, then we moved on to, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Those that recognize their sin, that when their rebellion of God, turn and repent and choose God's way that there is comfort and assurance in repentance of sin. You know, we see that Jesus himself, you know, his resurrection paid the price for sin and there's comfort and assurance of salvation through him. And this week it's blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek, what a word, hey? Um, in a worldly sense, it has negative connotations. Uh, today, the meaning of the word meek is profoundly different than the biblical intent. Other translations uh, have written, you are blessed when, you, when you're content with just who you are. No, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourself proud owners of everything that can, can't be bought. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spirit secure, worthy of respect, are the gentle, the hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. Firstly, don't you just love the way that the Amplified Verse describes blessed? Inwardly people, spiritually secure, worthy of respect. Blessed. Meek. <laughs> Content with just who you are. Humble, self-controlled, kind-hearted. All to convey the same, same message as the word meek. Last week, just out of curiosity, I went up age three, which is our year, year five and six class, and I actually asked them, if they knew what the word meek meant. Um, and this was their response. This is the, some of the words that they said. They said shy, scared, small, nervous, anxious, petrified, weak. Our very own Roy said the word inferior. Well, that was a good word. Walked over, 
wimpy, something bad. And the kids were right in a way because the dictionary actually defines meek as quiet, shy, gentle, deficient in spirit and courage, not strong, easily impressed on, submissive. The submissive in itself is confronting enough um, for the world and culture we live in today. Um, and meek does not paint a picture of their strength or winning, which is the things that our society values. Um, when talking to the kids, I asked them also if they thought that um, meek was a positive attribute for someone to label them with. 93% um, of them thought that the label meek was a negative characteristic. 7% no idea what the word uh, meek meant. And not one kid thought that it was a positive characteristic to be labelled with. No one would be called meek. No one wanted to be called submissive. But as I said, Jesus is painting a picture that is the exact, complete um, opposite of the way that we live. It's completely cultural. Um, and there are two people in the Bible that are called meek, Jesus being one of them and Moses the other. Now, Pete Carbless, I know you're here this morning and I'm going to apologise in advance. I'm going to completely butcher this because Greek origin for meek is praus. Now, you can correct me later, Peter, because I'm sure I said that wrong. Um, which translated is strength under control. See, in ancient Greece, war horses trained to be meek, which is strong and powerful, yet under control and willing to submit. This is probably the best visual description of meek. You can actually picture it in your head. Uh, it's the idea of a horse controlled by a bit and bridle. The horse is choosing to submit to authority, to being led by another. That is meekness. It's power under control. What a picture it paints. A powerful animal willing to submit their any care, provision and direction to the, to, the, um, to the lead of another. The lead and will of another. The world sees weak and meek as less than. The Bible sees meek as a trait desire. It's a trait all about strength with a willingness to submit your wants, desires and ways to the wants and wants of someone greater. Blessed are the meek. We don't celebrate meek. We celebrate um, in our culture things like assertiveness, getting our own way. We strive to lead, to have our own best. We want money, success and power. We justify our desires um, and reason out our sin or rebellion. We know what we want and then... Um, Without any humility, we tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it, and say, look at me, look what I've got, look what I've done, look what I've become. For the word statement, blessed, possibly reads, happy are the powerful, happy are the go-getters, happy are those that do what they want, happy are the rich, happy are the winners, happy are the famous, etc. And how different this is from what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that the last shall be first. Giving is receiving. Dying is living. Losing is finding. The least is the greatest. And submitting to God's rule and, and reign is far greater than our own desires and our own wants. The biblical worldview says it's not of me. It's about loving God and loving others. So what does true biblical meekness look like? It looks like Jesus and Moses. When Jesus delivered this Sermon on the Mount um, almost 2,000 plus years ago, um, 
It was early, in the early part of his public ministry. Jesus then spent the rest of his ministry modelling what he preached, showing us what the Beatitudes look like in practice, what it was to essentially live as part of his kingdom. This includes meek. Jesus and Moses both are described as meek. Moses is described as meeker than all people. In Numbers 12.3 it says, Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all, all people who were on the face of the earth. So when we look at Moses' story, um, he was reluctant to take on the task of leading the Israelites. Um, he flat out didn't want to. He had a stutter, he was insecure, and um, felt like profoundly inadequate. Uh, he threw every excuse he got as to why he should not be the person to lead the Israelites. Um, but despite this, Moses had a reverence for God. And because of that reverence, uh, he was obedient. And he said to God's rule and right way, regardless of his fears, his insecurities and his excuses, he submitted and he chose to be obedient. And Moses, not long after, um, he convinces the reluctant Hebrew nation of God's leading. He confronts one of the most powerful kings in the world and leads hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, um, of Israelites to freedom. Throughout Moses' story, um, we, see him, we, we find him enduring personal attack um, and ridicule. And then at other times, he's actually um, rebuking the Israelite nation for their disobedience. Um, in Exodus 32, while Moses is up the mountain, the Israelites decide that they want a different God. And they make a golden calf to worship. Um, God is angry. He's so angry that he actually wants to destroy them. He's done. You know, he's, he's completely and utter done with the Israelites. Um, but Moses actually, Moses actually speaks on their behalf. And um, because of the humbleness of Moses and the way that he approaches God, um, God actually spares them. Uh, now, this doesn't mean that there were no consequences. Moses um, gets off that mountain and he throws those tablets down and then he uh, grinds that golden calf into dust, so gold dust. He puts it in water and he makes the people drink it. So is this how, what we would describe someone who is meek? Or as the kids put it, someone who is shy, scared, small, nervous, anxious, petrified, weak, inferior, walked over, wimpy or something bad? Moses was not a pushover. When the Israelite people showed a lack of gratitude for the sacrifices Moses continually made on behalf, he said nothing. When the people constantly complained about his leadership, he didn't retaliate. When his own brother and sister publicly um, questioned his leadership and then humiliated him and shamed him, he actually spoke to God on their behalf. But most importantly, when God spoke for Moses, there was no for compromise. God's will and ways were first. Moses to personal ego or agenda. For him, it was all about God's will and reign. And second, it was what was best for the people. And he was others-focused. And thirdly, he put himself last. Meekness is therefore the opposite of self-will and self-interest and self-assertiveness. And it's not a sign of weakness of character. 
but it's of strength. It requires great self-control to submit your wants and ways for the ways and wants of others. It's dying to self. Jesus, he's the ultimate example of strength control. In Jesus, we see the true biblical example of what it is to be meek. In Jesus, we see submission to the will of his Father. We see sacrifice for the sake of others. We see power under control. We see opposite of will and self-interest. We see obedience to his Father all for the sake of others. That's what meekness before Jesus began his public ministry, we see in Matthew 4 that Jesus led by the Spirit to the wilderness. He is there for 40 days. <laughs> he's tired, he's hungry, he's fasting. Satan comes and tempts him. And he tempts him with a series of challenges. He wants to provoke this, to ultimately get him to give up. Ultimately to get him to... Um, uh, submit to his own desires really um in the temptations jesus his own power as a son of god he submits to the plans of his father for the greater good for us his creation um, hungry tired provoked and yet he didn't retaliate he didn't put his needs his um, above what he knew he should do instead he actually found strength in scripture throughout his ministry um, in the various interactions he had with people, Je Jesus didn't lash back when he was criticized. He often remained. He didn't lash back when he was slandered or treated unjustly. But he actually did respond really firmly when God's honor or God's way or rule um, was averted or neglected. Jesus twice cleansed the temple by force um, when it was being misused, and he repeatedly and fearlessly argued. Um, argued the hypocrisy of the Jewish leaders of the time. Jesus wasn't over. He gave of himself consistently and he sought to model servant leadership. Jesus lived an other-focused life, firmly in the will <coughs> of his Father throughout circumstance, situation and challenge. In the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, Jesus, is t Jesus teaches us how to pray and it sets us up for... Um, Cultivating, cultivating a meek perspective. In the first two verses it says, Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. After telling God how holy he is, Jesus then says, Then pray for his will and reign, his will to be done, not to pray for our own our own self-interest or agendas, but asking God what he wants, submitting your will for God's desire, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, not mine. In Luke 22, just before Jesus is arrested, he goes to the garden to pray with his disciples. He knows what's just about to occur for him. Um, and, and we actually hear him modelling this prayer. In his own humanness, Jesus did not want to endure the cross. Um, but even in his distress, he says, he says, he, he says he pulled away, it says, he pulled away from them about a stone's throw, down and prayed, Father, remove this cup from me, but please, not what I want, what do you want? At once an angel of heaven was at his side, strengthening him. He prayed on all the harder, sweat from him like drops of blood poured his face. But please, 
not what I want. What do you want? He desires his will far above his own. In this, we actually see physical meekness. We see self-control, true strength, a willingness to put others above yourself. Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial and he endures the abuse and the intent of the Jewish leaders of the day. At the very end, he actually demonstrates meekness, strength under control. In 1 Peter 2.23, it says, When they hurled their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. And ultimately, he gave up his life for the sake of others. Jesus was without personal agenda. He was all about his father's will and way. It was God first and it was driven by a great love for his creation, wanting what is best for us, completely others folked. Jesus demonstrates for us committing to God's rule and way is as opposed to living for our own wants and desires. In Psalm 37, David is wrestling with what seems to be the only truth that we still experience today, the apparent success um, of those that ignore God's rule and reign, those that only have self-interest and are self-focused. And we're going to finish this morning um, by reading part of this psalm, Psalm 37. It echoes the promise that the meek will inherit the earth and in doing so paints a great picture of what practical kingdom living looks like to trust God and choose his rule and um, way. This is what he writes. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass soon wither, like green plants they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the Lord and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. And he will do this. He will make your righteousness reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not, when people succeed in their ways, they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while, and the wicked will be no more. Though you, will, though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The meek, those without per- personal ego or agenda that desire God's rule and reign above their own. Those without self-interest that ask, what do you want, Lord? Those that are others-focused, who do who no need for glory, who have need to retaliate, pay back like for like. Those that don't fret, those that trust in the Lord, delight in him, his ways, and submit or commit their way to him, will inherit. To be labelled as meek, what an honour that would be. To be seen as like Jesus, without personal ego or agenda. To live with God first, his will and way. To be others focused. Imagine if we could all be described like that. 
the comfort is, is that we know we can't do this on our own. We know that it's not the way we're wired. Um, in our human nature, this is just not us. But we also know that it's through Jesus, his spirit, words and way, grow to be more like him. Strength unto control, willingness to admit. Blessed, inwardly peaceful, spiritually secure, worthy of respect are the meek, content with who they are, humble, self-controlled, kind-hearted, for they will inherit the earth. Will you pray with me? Lord, we desire your will and way far above our own. Help us to set our eyes on you, to set aside our need for control, our agendas, our self-interest, and to ask daily, what do you want? Help us to be others first. Um, we thank you for your, and we ask for your rule and reign over this week, the people we meet, the situations we face, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do as we seek you. What a privilege it is in a, to know you and, um, and for you to, to trust with this. So, Lord Jesus, we just lay this all down at your feet. And once again, we thank you in your name. Amen.